You are listening to Ayahuasca Talks, and I am your host, Rebecca Hayden. For those of you who are interested in self-discovery and healing through hypnosis, please email me at rebecca.hayden at gmail.com to book a free consultation. Welcome to another edition of Ayahuasca Talks. Today we have Maya Abu Shadid. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Maya? Yes, very well. <laughs> Beautiful. Maya has a scientific background in clinical research. Then she spent several years in the Amazon learning through shamanic dietas. And uh, I believe you were uh, with a center down there. So years of helping people heal through shamanic dietas. And then now she's offering her own uh, unique shamanic ceremonies, guided preparation and integration services. So I'm so glad you're joining me today. We've been back and forth for so long now, right? Yes, yes, more than a year ago, really, when I got in touch with you first. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the time took its own uh, process, and here we are, right here, yeah. right now. Always does, right? <laughs> it's an interesting thing that that we got in touch right around the time that this whole lockdown pandemic mm -hmm. began and went through our own interesting times and and kind of grew through some really difficult experiences. And these themes that have come up through the experiences we've had and discussed, uh, I think are really important right now, especially because it's funny, um, this just kind of popped into my head and, and I, I think in retrospect, it's pretty interesting. I'm not the only one, I'm sure of it, but what I felt was the year 2020 was going to be a year of clarity, and it certainly was, <laughs> in a way. <laughs> and I mean, I think that there's many pe different people who have different takes on it, and that's great. We love this. This is good to cultivate this this diversity of, of worldviews and opinions and ideas and, and takes on things. Um, but what seemed to come up is this whole, um, you know, survival theme. And it's it's an important, you know, theme to be aware of. Um, I think especially when we're growing into different states, you know, for healing. And, and another issue that comes up with difficult experiences and and even this th survival theme potentially can be, you know, the victim state, going into that victim, protective victim state, you know. Mm -hmm. And and for me and you and many others, the shamanic path has helped us really move out of that or recognize it when it's happening and continue to move out of it, you know. <laughs> yes, very true. From my end, you know, Rebecca, um, I'm from Lebanon. I grew up in Lebanon, which is a country that, has so much uh, richness uh, in the land, really, that's a sacred land. And at the same time, it has been tainted by so much stories and the things that have really given it the definition. It became defined, it acquired a definition of this country that is always being invaded. So the concept of invasion was embedded in my psyche. Uh, so by def by definition, it was like uh, I, I did not really know uh, how to 
being also very, very sensitive growing up. I was a sponge when I was little. I was a little girl. I took really all the pain of my family, including everything that was going around. But also this concept of victim was um, the reality. Uh, it's that the reality became, I will always be uh, in a position where I, am, uh, I don't have a choice. I don't have a way to come out of it. This is the reality of the life I'm living. I'm, I'm defining life as a survival instead of a thriving. And so for a long time, this was woven in my journey, be it from you know, studying science, but also in yoga and in yoga therapy and therapeutic Thai body work, and then moving into shamanism. It was all woven in it until everything that I kind of, quote unquote, ran away from was right in my face. And I could not avoid uh, that. Uh, and it happened in a, in a medicine space, in a shamanic space. So totally, totally relate. And this is something that I lived uh, also for a long time, you know, from being a child to a teenager to growing up as a woman here. Uh, it was not um, simple, uh, I would say. Of course, every country has its own challenges, but some parts of the world have um, a different kind of split, I would say, in terms of you know the religious stuff, the political stuff, and all of that, that they become the reality of uh, life when one is growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's all kinds of levels, right? There's the, mm. the, the, um, the atmosphere you grew up in, in terms of the country, the city mm -hmm. or town or, or your surroundings, and then the familial, you know, the family mm -hmm. and then your own individual experience. And like you, um, I was very sensitive. I just, I really didn't come to terms with that until the medicines kind of you know, pointedly <laughs> brought this up again and again until I did. Um, because I always, I always perceive that as a weakness and, you know, because that's the way it's often presented. And, and I think that's changing now. And mm -hmm. I did have to accept that. And that was really important and good because things just had such a deeper impact on me. And, and I realized it's just like, anything else some people are tall some people are this some people are that and and it's again that diversity that is to be you know respected and acknowledged growing up with um with an atmosphere of victimhood is it brings the challenge forth to us where we have an opportunity to say okay now i recognize that i've been swimming in this soup for like so long it seemed <laughs> so familiar and so almost comforting i know this sounds really odd but mm -hmm. when something's so familiar, you start to identify it as a sort of comfortable space, even yes. though it's not. You yes. just don't know it, right? Because you haven't been out of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's us this, moving. This is the reality, yes. This becomes yeah. the reality. Yeah. Yes, right. yeah. And so uh, shamanic states and shamanic processes um, help us to go into those uncomfortable spaces outside of those familiar ones so that we can see how unhealthy they are and we can see that we have an attachment to it. And, and it can be a process breaking from that. And it can also be a practice 
like I have to continue to recognize when I'm going into a victim state and prevent myself from really doing that. Just being aware of it in my mind going, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to take that road. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. It never leads anywhere good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But it's it's been so liberating because there's a lot of, like in my past, there's a lot of wallowing I did. And I mean, I was again, in an atmosphere where this was indulged greatly and it became a kind of way of life, you know, this is how we Mm. are. And so we grow through different ways of being through shamanism and and discover, hey, you know what, there's a choice in that. You don't have to be no matter what, you know, happens. And I think that we have a lot more clarity and perspective when we step out of that victim state and take a look at it without all that attachment and that wounded feeling right yes yes when you know when it comes to shamanism as a as a um, as a path or as a way of life i would say it is it is an ongoing it's like it moves into spirals really rather than linear in terms of processing and going in journeys and um, working with different medicines and at the same time, it's like expanding in a way where the perspectives are broader. And so the archetype of the victim can be seen fully and embraced because it is present in everyone. Every mm-hmm. single aspect of who we are, either we, we, we magnify it in life due to specific conditions, obviously, environmental, familial, you know, um, political, everything else. Yeah. It becomes the bigger uh, archetype. Uh, the rest are smaller because they weren't given the, the um, you know, the importance during our lifetime. And so we start kind of reweaving, reshaping who we are. And in this whole process, it's like, how did this play a big role in bringing me to this point in my life where I'm in in utter appreciation of what I have lived, being subdued. And how in the subduing, I was able to go on my knees and crawl, even go like fully flat. But that was essential as well. Uh, So the victim kind of transmutes into something different. It kind of takes a different form, uh, not to become the judge, because that's the other side of the coin, right? Yes. And so so the reshaping of that becomes like, we, we kind of mold something within us, but the molding has to take the elements of it with it. So we need to feel the fire of it. We need to feel the air of it. We need to feel the earth of it. We need to feel the, the water of it in order to reshape ourselves. And so yes. from, a, from a shamanic point of view, this is, it's all about alchemy. You know, it's all about yes. alchemizing the pain. And, and shifting it. Pain will always be there. We cannot stop the pain. This is what I stayed for years trying to resolve in my being because I used to feel pain from everyone around me. And I was trying to, f- to end this pain and it was just hitting me even harder. And instead of ending it, I was holding it until everything got shattered inside of me. And so I realized that, hey, I cannot avoid pain. Mm-hmm. Pain is part of life as the victim that goes through this, this, uh, ex- these experiences in a regular way, where it's like uh, the reality becomes so painful. But as you're saying, 
this is the comfort zone and that pain is manageable. <laughs> and then when that breaks through, the pain comes out in a way where things cannot be managed. The comfort cannot be managed. And so this is when we break through and go through, you know, what is known to be as initiations or rites of passages or things like that. And these are usually very, very painful uh, and at the same time, very liberating. Yeah, I think that uh, I, all of those themes that you just mentioned were all the ones that we I jotted down from our last conversation and <laughs> it's beautiful how this works. Um, yeah, this whole process, it, I mean, one of the things that I often uh, discuss and, and help people to understand about you know, the shamanic experience is that it is intentional that certain things come up uh, to provoke us into states that allow us to heal. And those provoking mm -hmm. situations are not easy. <laughs> mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, some, some can be lovely, you know, some give us an opportunity to experience all those wonderful, loving, great, great feelings. And then others challenge us and, and, and allow those things to rise to the surface that are unpleasant, that need to be seen and recognized and healed. And how we go about doing that and how long it takes is just, it's so unique to each individual. But there is power in this and it does have to do with our intentions. We look at ceremony when we go into altered states or even embark on a dieta with any kind of plant or medicine. Mm -hmm. um, some of these are, <laughs> are very elemental. Some of them have, have no technical, um, you know, psychoactive components, yes. but there is a, a powerful presence and intention. And mm -hmm. these things are, are the things that come together that, that mm -hmm. bring about these, these situations. I've been in this many times and they're so challenging, but I recognize it's like, ah, okay, I know it's working because... And then eventually moving through the whole victim of it and feeling that and then, you know, working my way into a different way of being around whatever happened and looking at it and, and having moved through it. I can see eventually that it did have something to do with my intention. I just didn't realize it. So we often go into, you know, these experiences with intentions like I want to, you know, arrive at this state. And what we don't realize always is that, you know, these challenging things that, that are thrown up, you know, that we have to deal with are, are, are very much associated with what's in the way of us feeling those states or being in those mm. states, you know, and, and we have no idea how lofty our goals are <laughs> until we <laughs> go face to face with these challenges. And it's like, Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I, I'm going big, right? <laughs> yes, you you know I had uh, I had also another chat uh, with um, several people that you know were also interested in in seeing me coming back to life uh, after a big transition in my integration phase after leaving Peru, and uh, you know one of the common phrases that I that I that comes up naturally is this was truly beyond my imagining like I could not even imagine how I manifested that so, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so it's like even when I think back it's like oh my god this this was so creative 
at the same time it was so devastating like yeah. it, it showed the traumas it showed the amount of layers that have been bypassed uh and and just under the theme of so-called spirituality or under the theme that you know i'm practicing yoga i should be sitting upright and look peaceful and all of that and i was being <laughs> torn on the inside and you know people would let would tell me you know you look like a buddha like you have no idea what is going on inside of me and yeah. um you know this 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 facet this presentation cr- had to crack it was like a shattering of a mirror and all the pieces were the parts of the psyche that had to fragment in order to rebuild things and it was until i focused on one intention one intention that is at the core of my practice which is truth clarity nothing else this is medicine for me so yes yes totally totally relate yeah yeah i in fact when you mentioned this um the serene kind of presence that other people experienced well there was you know havoc being wreaked internally right yes. i this was definitely something i went through i remember when i went through a long you know very stressful and depressive period um on the outside people would say well you you speak with such a calm voice and you seem so it's like this is not what's happening inside and it made me realize that i think that we have um in a natural way developed these abilities to have that presentation and to contain all the stuff inside mm. because for the most part socially it wasn't safe to allow those things mm. to come out but they do they always do because they play out in every th- single social situation that we have they they just play out as undercurrents and and orchestrating a lot of the things that that do happen right mm. and yet we maintain this whole um focus on the outside and shamanic processes allow us to delve into the inside and see how those states f- impact and create what happens around us yes i i bring up a story and because you mentioned yoga specifically i'm going to i was reminded today before the show to to bring it up again i went through this whole integrative process that was entirely guided by this this voice that that began when i began to practice shamanism and has just kind of stayed with me and i went into a yoga practice and it was at a lovely space in my neighborhood with people i liked and anyway i we got into a discussion before the session began about levitation things like that and of course at this point i had already been to peru and had experienced some <laughs> things mm. that are miraculous that other people would just you know not be able to relate to necessarily and because i suggested that this i believe this could be real and and things like that and people the way that they responded and even in this lovely space were just very dismissive and and almost like mm. almost kind of looking at me like not to be taken seriously kind of thing right mm. and i just kind of i didn't know how to respond i was i was very vulnerable because i was still going through some really deep processes 
So I did my practice and I went home afterwards and then just connected with this voice saying, okay, what was that all about? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and there was this definite understanding that this was a responsive, like everything in life was a responsive experience and they were responding to my state. So what I had to look at was at that time, you know, was I taking myself seriously? And, yeah. and there was also a very nuanced aspect to it that wasn't like, and this was no accusation. This voice was just helping me become aware of these things, that there was a state, there was a literal state of being that I was in that was emanating uh, in such a way that this was the response I was getting. So mm -hmm. yes, there were, there were lessons in that about, okay, let's look at, you know, uh, how seriously do you take yourself kind of thing. And we, we certainly worked on that a lot. But then there was just this natural state I was in and I couldn't help but being in that state. That's where I was at. And I was vulnerable and there was probably, you know, some wounds definitely that I was working through. And I had to just accept that and be okay with that and move through it, you know, and, and arrive in better states and then go through similar things again, different themes, you know, different states, the spiral you talked about, this winding mm -hmm. path, you know, <laughs> we want straight linear stuff sometimes. I just want to get there. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> it's <laughs> the way. <laughs> you can imagine that, but it doesn't work like that. Yes, yes. And every, every single element, started going to Peru um, in 2011, you know, I, I was still in the field of yoga. I was still giving classes and all of that. And, you know, there was, there was, there were fingers pointed at me, you know, you, what were you going to do in the Amazon and all of that, you know, you're becoming, uh, you know, into this kind of, uh, I don't know, addictive behaviors. And I'm like, you have no idea what you're talking about, but it's okay because you haven't experienced any of that. Mm -hmm. uh, so everyone is talking also from their experience. And this is where, you know, in the moment there's, if, you know, when we are at least clear uh, enough, uh, and of course it's not always the case, but it's like, you know, we are able to discern that, you know, what is happening in front of me now is uh, exactly the person's perspective. Uh, mm -hmm. when to me, how I'm seeing it, I'm seeing it more in an expansive way, not in a limiting way according to how the person is seeing me, because it's their lens, not my lens. So limiting yeah. oneself becomes something that is, hey, I'm not going to limit myself based on your, uh, the, your way of seeing. And that was one of my biggest lessons, mm -hmm. biggest, biggest lessons. My guide used to tell me, I used to make myself small in the center. Just because, you know, I'm taking care of, you know, not shining and not shining. And I used to go talk with my guide and I'm like, listen, I feel I feel there's a lot of constriction inside of me. Every time I'm singing, I feel that there's so much happening in the space, in the team. And it's like there, I don't feel the support. And he used to tell me, whatever it is, Maya, keep shining. And that was always something that echoed in my being, especially in the darkest times. Um, and, you know, my guide passed away and uh, it, it, he, he taught me a lot in his, in his way of leaving this life. Um, and his spirit 
um, guided me a lot in, in echoing what he used to say in specific times um, and how he was saying it. And one of also the biggest lessons, I was still a guest and he comes to me and I was just holding my head in my hands and just dropping my head down, like feeling like I'm broken. And it was probably my sixth retreat or seventh retreat. Uh, and he, he comes, he stands in front of me, you know, in the Maloka, we're all barefoot. So he stands in front of me. I look down and I see his feet. I look up and he's like, Maya, the warrior, the strength of the warrior is in their vulnerability. And he told me a story about a warrior. And I was just, just in tears in that mm -hmm. moment, because to me, strength meant to be harder, even as a woman, you know, growing up mm -hmm. here in Lebanon, it's, it's how much can you harden yourself? And until that became so hard to the point that it broke, that I truly understood that vulnerability is, you know, as, as we were talking earlier, it's not a state of weakness at all, you know, the victim included, the, the, the expression of a, a victim state. And I had, you know, I had expressed that, that state after my transition in Peru, but also I was trying to understand what was going on. What was going on in terms of if showing vulnerability is, was about being taken for granted, or was it that I was truly closing my eyes and not seeing what was going on? So it, the victim to me, at least how it played out eventually, the peak of it, I would say the breakthrough, was that being the victim was like closing my eyes and trying to sugarcoat everything, which as you described it, was my comfort zone. It's like, as long as I stay in this comfort zone of sugarcoating everything, I will avoid shit. Until shit blew in my face, I could not sugarcoat anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a different experience of it than that, but I think that that is a very, it's one that many of us can relate to, myself included. There was a very big resistance for me to to acknowledge certain things. And what I was taught about that was, and this is just my own experience, was that I was afraid of acknowledging certain things that were happening to me and that had happened in the past because I then didn't want to start to feel negative feelings towards the people involved, all of these things, right? And so mm -hmm. I was... I was preventing it from, from happening. And eventually it was just so in my face <laughs> because it needed to happen. I needed to break and I needed to admit and I needed to be okay with that and know that I didn't, you know, even though I was of course gonna go through the feelings that I had to feel, that I, it, it didn't mean, it didn't equal, it didn't equate to me, you know, holding harmful feelings for the rest of my life. Quite the contrary, it allowed me to kind of have the big breakthrough and feel all those feelings and then heal them. Mm. I was responding according to my past, which was a very different thing than what I have learned now 
how to be and how, what's possible and all of those things. So it was a matter of just like triggering something that, you know, broke all of that down <laughs> so that I could, you know, <laughs> just, just wash it all away. And, and yeah, I didn't yeah. have to go through the tumults and the emotions and, and then recognize how I was, how I was manipulating all of that by holding it all in and holding yes. on to it. And, and yes, I, entertaining it. Yes, it was like a, a mechanism of my my own making, and then and I was holding tight to it because there was also that that survival. Like this had this had helped in my mind. This had helped me through so many years of so much stuff. You know, can't let go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then and it's like okay, we're just gonna have to make this the pressure more and more so that you know you won't be able to. And it was so in my face. And it's like okay, that's mm. good. Yeah. And, and these are things that are happening now to so mm -hmm. many people. And then, you know, we had discussed, we had had this beautiful discussion, you and I, and, you know, many of us are having this now about the fact that this whole familiar experience of healing of things presenting themselves and really challenging, can't ignore it any longer way mm -hmm. is, is potentially what can be seen happening today in the world is yeah. these things that are rising up and forcing us to face some things, you know, and they may be different things for different people, but there, there's certainly, you know, it, it's a time of um, provocation. <laughs> you know? mm. Well chosen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, that's a word that came up again and again, because whether it was in this, the ceremony space, which you and I discussed as well, that there are certain conversations, characters, things that came up to challenge us, to provoke us, you know, mm -hmm. in many different ways. Mm -hmm. And those were, were very um, creatively done too. They were, they, they happened so that, it, you know, we could go into the experience that we did, you know, with these things kind of arising within us so that we, we could heal it. They're all provocations for healing. And so mm -hmm. you start to see life this way and you start to go, okay, potentially I can now look at the things that happen in my life as being opportunities, you know, even though I might not respond that way right away, <laughs> you know, there's that lingering understanding and experience that I've had where I know, you know, deep down that this is happening and I may resist and I may go through my uncomfortable little awful, you know, experience of it, <laughs> but no, all the time that it's 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 very likely this is going to come out in a way that is beneficial for me and i may in the end go oh god here i am again going yeah now i can see it on the other side you know mm -hmm. wish i could see it while it was happening but as ayahuasca used to say to me she'd say look what you want is you want the lesson without it being put on the board like the chalkboard it's like, I want to know it in advance. I want to have it done and not go through the process of learning it. <laughs> you know? Yes, my kind, my kind of experience too. It's like, I needed to experience everything. It's like, there you go. You're experiencing yes. everything. There you go. Like, yes. Yeah, you know, because I, I don't want to keep it only as a story or a story. I want to feel it. And yep. This is what exactly happened. I felt it all. Yeah. 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 And for a sensitive person with a sense of adventure, that is a powerful combo. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. It's, you know, I think this is also why we both of us are discussing today and it's it's meeting and communicating where, you know, where we were at, what that, um, how that um, helped us to be sharing our medicine in our own way. Uh, in this, in these times, these are times of showing truth in every single sense. And if there's any time for a, the expression of real, um, genuine, authentic, integral, and I'm not talking about, you know, I'm, I'm talking about every single person who has done a lot of work and is still going through a lot of work at these time, these times, or starting that is going to be like the speed of it is going to be much faster uh the 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 upgrade i would say is going to be much faster the body has to be very well uh, nourished and uh, taken care of at the same time all the people who have done a lot of work be it with plant medicine be it with any kind of spiritual modality and really genuinely uh, went into into really deep processes uh, are actually now showing up for others in what is going on, and yes. that's beautiful because it's all it was all a preparation for being who we are at, in these times because now it's truly times of authentic people, people who are really being congruent people who are walking their talk people who are who are saying this is this we put everything on the table we're not going to put anything under the table anymore let's put everything on the table it's going to be painful but it's going to be better communicating connecting convert you know creating conversations that are true that are real that are deep are mm -hmm. essential now so it's um it's truly the time uh, uh, you know, it's it's fascinating because even though we're going through very, very challenging times, especially like here in Lebanon, there's a whole economic crisis. The economy has collapsed. The banks have locked our money. Uh, the, the whole political situation is in a mess. The explosion that happened last year is the second non-nuke explosion after the Hiroshima. Wow. It's, it's insane. Uh, at the same time, it's reflecting how much this part of the world has been through anger and frustration and holding on to things for an explosion to be manifested. And the ripples yeah. of this explosion is going further and further and further. So people, I get phone calls every single day from people telling me, Maya, I, I can't take this anymore. I need to go through a process of healing. And it's people that are at, you know, that they reach, you know, many, many people that I heard, that I listened to over the years, they share that it's truly when you hit rock bottom that you truly change. It's right. not when you, when you really are taking this class or this retreat and it felt good and, you know, we saw butterflies and rainbows. No, it's actually when one <laughs> is truly on their knees begging God for a sign, for something, to meet with life. Now we are meeting with life. Mm -hmm. Now we are truly knowing what life is about, how precious life is about, or how precious life is, actually. 
how can we truly embody this life within us? And how can we radiate this the same way as a bird would, the same way as a tree would, truly the way in a very symbiotic way with life, with everything surrounding us. Otherwise, staying on the sidewalk is very painful. Very, very mm -hmm. painful. This is why many people are suffering because yeah. the, the deep dive is not, not a joke. And now yeah. everyone is being pushed for the deep dive. Yes. <laughs> One way or the other, we're all being invited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you were talking about the explosion, I remember that my friend who you've met sent yeah. me a, a video and, and an invitation I sent out for people to assist. And, um, mm. and it, it does send ripples out and then we rise from the ashes and this theme of, you know, rising from the ashes, it just happens over and over again. And this is part of that alchemy. And, and yes, many of us who ended up going to the medicines always did so because of that rock bottom, you know, mm. <laughs> state. Yes. Yeah, true. And we are so grateful that we mm -hmm. arrived at that state, knowing full well that we would never have done such a thing if we weren't in that state. Now, it's not everybody, but many, so many stories like that. Yes. And right now, we've got this opportunity that so many of us are experiencing, and it can be messy. And, and mm -hmm. you know, we use the word challenging, but, you know, we know that there's so much in there. There's so much messiness that <laughs> we go through oh, yeah. and even being okay with that is is such an opportunity you know just to be okay with whatever process we have to go through and take on our way because if we look at this as an opportunity to really grow then yes we have to as you say feel it all of it and then shed it yeah. that's the only way we've got to rise to the surface and we've got to acknowledge it and feel it and move through it we can't you know skirt around it mm -hmm. or try to avoid it We've got mm -hmm. to move through it. And everyone's going to have their own version of that. And none yes. of them are better or more right than others. It's not yes. the way it works. This is no. nature. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, everyone who is going through the processes, you know, be it, be it now, be it over the last, I would say, 10 years, is able to hold space, a little bit of a, of a safe space for at least someone else. And this is how it's rippling. It's rippling with, with this connection, with this pure intention of, of hey, I'm here for you. I don't, you're going to have to go through the process. I'm not here to heal you. You are doing your own healing. I'm just here because I know how it feels like, and I've been there. And I mm -hmm. know the spirits that are involved in that process. But those spirits are there to teach you something. My presence with you is to hold space for you and the spirits that are at play so that you are able to see them, including the manipulating spirits, including the trickster spirits. We're talking about energies, you know, the addictive spirits, everything. Now addiction is like the theme. It's amazing how much addiction is showing up. The traumas from addiction, you know, wisdom, the, the, the wisdom of trauma has been released last week. I don't know if you've watched it, but such a beautiful, beautiful documentary where in which Gabor Mate is featured. And that approach by itself, not the fact that focusing that 
on trauma as a word only, but at least acknowledging that this is a state that we all go through. In shamanism, yes. we call it soul loss and we do soul retrieval. In yes. other approaches like psychotherapy and psychology, when this is approached from a human perspective where science is meeting with the human, uh, then there is a shift. Then there's beauty. There's there, At the same time, we are living creation mm -hmm. and destruction. It, they're yeah. so close to each other. The veil between life and death is even thinning more and more and more. And so this is where it's in, in every day, gratitude for every single day. We don't know what's going to happen. We truly are living in times. The commonality in them is we have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's a commonality mm. in, the, on this, in every single country. It's not only, let's say, in third world countries or in first world countries. It's a commonality in every country. Mm -hmm. And so it is a theme that is very much present. And at the same time, yes, the challenge, I mean, here, I can't tell you. It's like I, 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 I hear the news sometimes. I don't watch the news, but I hear it from people. And mm -hmm. I just laugh at the absurdity of what <laughs> is going on. It's yes. like so absurd to the point that it's like, it's like, really, if this is what's going on, then okay. Maybe this is what is needed. As you're talking about that, I was reminded about the theme of us humanity being children. You know, mm -hmm. like once once we come in contact with these such a wise presence as some of these masters, these mm -hmm. spiritual masters that show up in our experience are, because they're beyond this world and all of its trappings. <laughs> And they see from a perspective, I look around and I think, oh my God, we're all children. Children aren't just children. We're all children, you know, all of us are different states. And right now it's like mayhem in the classroom, right? Yes, <laughs> and it just, exactly. And, and I think the teachers just, just giggle. Like I, I get that impression <laughs> that because you know, we take it all so seriously and they have a very different perspective. And, and you know how, you know, we see children act things out. And even though, depending on your relationship with them, there is that possibility of looking at it and seeing how adorable it is, even though you know that their own experience of it is very serious, you know, and, and I think that yeah. that's how, that's the impression I get. That's how they see us and keep reassuring us it's really going to be okay all of it even if it seems yeah. not okay you're being held and it's okay and you had talked about that the life and death these themes that seem opposite that are side by side and really related the rebirth is pretty much it and I think that's what we're going through this emotional mm -hmm. upheaval and the upheaval of so many things that haven't been working Mm -hmm. Well, like this is this is the breaking of the mechanisms mm -hmm. that don't work, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been hanging on to them because they're familiar. Mm -hmm. We may not even have been liking it, but we've been all participating in in these things that aren't working. And now they're just gonna make things so uncomfortable that we have to move on from it, you know? Yes. And yeah, and I think that this is the natural process, and we this is another message that came through is the victimization that this is a choice. And yes, sure, we may go through all these processes. And it's okay to recognize that's a natural part of it. But 
there is a choice in not approaching things from that victim state. And this was very important for me, especially mm-hmm. last year, always, but especially mm-hmm. last year after I went through a traumatic event. And I knew that that it was okay to experience the natural emotional <laughs> responses I had to have, but at the same time, not stay in that I'm a victim state. Mm. We're all exploring this concept of trauma and trauma is real and it's collective and individual. And yeah, it's part of our experience in this crazy classroom. Yes. But again, and it's important to have that lens and to have that understanding and to have that compassion and to know that, that there is wisdom there and there is something to be gained from it and that it can give us perspective and it can heal us in the end. But then we can move on and not be forever the traumatized person. We can move into different states and say, okay, that did happen and I grew from it. And now I have a chance to be who I choose to be now. This voice kicked in after leading me out of that victimized state that I that I was in, that I stayed in for a bit. And to be honest, I was in, I was really in a in a state of shock. But I think that I, I had to kind of get it together to deal with so many other things that were coming my way. And this voice was just being my ally and saying, let's move on. <laughs> right. Yes. And then this really big message came through and it was the stance you take in this world is important. Sometimes these messages land with this thud, you know, and it, it yeah. just, it, it was deafening. And it was just, mm. I could tell, that it's like, okay, this is really important. And I need to, to sit with this for a while and really understand this. Because from the beginning, I think I mentioned to you in our last conversation, you know, my intention was, is it possible to discover the nature of reality through this experience? So naturally, this has been a theme. And just like you, truth, clarity, like these are big. (laughs) We went big, right? (laughs) We may not have known it at the time. It seems simple, but and then and then mayhem, right? (laughs) It's like, okay, gotcha. So now this is continually being reinforced. And it's like, okay, so this is a responsive experience. These are the messages that I've received and the teachings I've had that everything is responding to my state. And so now that there's the refined lesson of, okay, what stance are you taking? You know, Mm. what are you putting out there? And this is about standing in our power, coming to the place where we can do that and choosing to It's not always going to be static necessarily. We may have to go through more processes where we strengthen that stance even more by going through the upheaval and all the rest of it. But coming to that place and agreeing to be there is important. And um, another aspect of this, and I had to start out really early because of my intention and because of the lessons that were coming my way was, you know, what's our relationship with power? So, If we reevaluate this, we can certainly come to a place where we have a better relationship with it. Because for me and many others, power seems to be this thing that people wield over one another in unhealthy ways. You know, it, it has been presented in ways that are corrupt. And there are many of us that did not want to be associated with power because of these ideas we have of it. 
as an entity in and of itself, not a natural element of ourselves that we can start to step into and become healthier and more natural in our lives, you know, in terms of creating the reality that we want rather than waiting to see what happens and not being aware of our state and our stance that we're taking Mm. in this world. And so once I, I went through a long learning phase of understanding power and not seeing it as something out there that was bad, but understanding that this was a natural state of my own that I was denying, I was, you know, learning to step into it and what that meant for me and how that had to do with being in a loving state, <laughs> not mm. being in a victim state. Yes. And Wow. Yes. This, this is very powerful. You know, I'm sitting here and I have a smile that is so big <laughs> this this theme has been also something that you know um i was scared of, of that power uh, from my end and that's probably also where the hierarchy of what power or how power was defined i abided by the hierarchy before and uh, yes. this this is where i was giving my power away the whole time especially to uh, men Uh, because this was something that in my world was they are the ones that hold the structure until I saw that none of them was holding structure it was it was collapsed and it was played like a like a role play of uh, empty power and so it was very very uh, eye-opening for me to see that And to also live through that, not uh, from a perspective of a power over, but truly, as you're saying, stepping and allowing that energy that that is the energy of creation, that is the energy that moves everything to be felt, to be lived every single day and in harmony with everything. As you're saying, feeling the compassion of how this power can truly touch people's hearts, not uh, not take over anything whatsoever. I think this is where there's a, there's a, there's a there's a whole abuse of that word uh, because we also develop. We gave that uh, permission. Mm-hmm. We gave that power uh, something outside of us. It's like the concept of God the God that is outside of us. And it's like, okay, I lived my whole life feeling that I'm talking to God outside of me. And I, you know, I've lived in a Christian, uh, the, the, the Christian, I was raised as a Christian. And it was always like God, I would pray for God. And in my prayer, I would say, God, I know you don't have time because you have so many people to, you, li- you need to listen to. But I beg you to just listen to my little prayer. This was my way to pray to God. It's, it's crazy. And mm. Because I was, not, I was the, the one who was not worthy of the love of God. And so this, by default, grows with us. And we tend to express our love to others under the theme of love by giving them our power, which is not love at all. It's not even any kind of self-care. And in order to unfold these, these layers of, of embedded beliefs and step into our power without becoming, without a kind of vengeance over anyone else. Like now I step into my power, I'm going to take my vengeance because everyone else took advantage of me. 
No, that was a, an actual process of truly feeling the, the, the melting, the mm -hmm. inner melting of the heart all the time by feeling that power mm -hmm. and feeling that some words are, are truly touching someone else. If life is worth it, this is what's worthy in life, is to connect at a very deep level where this power is ignited and reignited and reignited with everyone in our space. And so this is what I do also with the people that I, I hold ceremonies for. I, I basically, because I have stepped into that, it's like it, it emanates for me to always share with them to empower, empower they, their own being, not the spirits that are manipulating them, but truly that light that shines, that is innate inside. And it starts giving sparks bit by bit, bit by bit. And they start realizing that, hey, I'm giving my power away to my parents. I'm giving my power away to my partner. I'm giving my power away to colleagues. And no mm -hmm. wonder I feel drained the whole time. So they're starting yeah. to realize, hey, you know, no, I'm going to just hold that and breathe with it without uh, blocking myself. Keep the communication, but it's not an expression of love, for example, to just become somebody's slave. Yes. Not, not an expression of love at all. So, yeah. And taking responsibility for that, too. Like, so, mm -hmm. I'm first of all, I'm glad you shared your story about your Christian spiritual experience, because I'm sure that will resonate with so, so very many people out there. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking, when you were describing that way of praying and that orientation towards spirituality, most, I, I'd say a great many people <laughs> who've been brought up Catholic or, or, or Christian, have had that same experience. But there was power in that too. Just like, like you, I work with, with clients and we start to go inwards and discover what we're doing with the power that we have. And so how we're using our power in, in that instance is saying, you have the power and I don't. And that was us, yeah, giving that away. And, and, but we didn't acknowledge that it was ours to begin with. Yes. So the shamanic experience allows us to... Uh, educates us that we do have it and how we're using it. And that helps us move out of the victim state too, because it's like, okay, so I was participating in all of that. Now I have a choice to participate in something different in acknowledging my power. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, this whole exploration for me was about discovering the nature of reality. And so, and, and I've always been philosophically minded person. So this was a very natural type mm -hmm. of inquiry for me. And so uh, naturally the idea of free will came up power right our own personal mm -hmm. power and this voice responded with well of course you have free will you're using it all the time usually against yourself <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like okay i really gotta learn about this you know and i have been ever since and some yeah. of it's very it's relatable you know and then other stuff is just so nuanced very energetic and you feel it you know it you can't always put words to it and you move out of it and it's like okay i no longer want to dwell in that atmosphere mm -hmm. um there are some examples like you know something could happen that's a powerful lesson and leaves you feeling like ugh, you know ugh, i so wish i didn't do that or that didn't happen and then 
I remember this voice kicking in saying, everything can change on a dime. And then this vision of all these dimes spinning, you know, just like an endless sea of dimes spinning. And I realized that I just had to move out of that state. I had to move out of that dwelling on the repercussions of whatever altercation that had happened. Mm. And I did, and it was facilitated also by this vision. And it was like, oh, so suddenly I'm looking at possibilities, you know, instead of dwelling in that, oh, wow, that was, that really sucked what happened, you know? And, <laughs> and then, and, and it was breeding all of these possibilities that were so negative. It's like, oh God, what's gonna happen now as a result of that? Oh God, I, I really got to work on, I'm terrible at that. And, and instead just like this sea of dimes, you know, it's like spinning and all of these possibilities. And, and how quickly things can change. So my state changed and I went in entirely different directions with my thoughts and ideas and started to open up to all these better things happening. And, you know, my day changed instantly. That's beautiful. And I think that this is true of what's going on now. And there are many levels of this upheaval that we're experiencing and it's not all static mm. i've gone through difficult times and then i've gone through like really beautiful times where just such gratitude and so we can move in and out of these states more fluidly it's possible engage our own free will to do so allow these these tools also to help us these visionary tools, shamanic tools, whatever tool really resonates with you, but know what's possible. That's the most important thing. Like when, mm -hmm. when I'm working with clients, they come up with it on their own. It's beautiful how creative we can be. Mm. And when you go in these deep, hypnotic, shamanic, meditative states, our imagination can be our greatest ally. Indeed. And it's just about, you know, seeing those possibilities that we're not limited by anything that has defined us through the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. I know it gets harder with time, but what is time? We are living. Time is becoming really the present moment. Yes. What we are catching up on is how much can, be we, can we be truly present even more? How much can we really be fully present with our body, fully present with our children, fully present with our parents as much as we can. Mm -hmm. not, be not because this was not taught for by, by many texts and many books before it was, but knowing or reading something, now is the practice. Now it's time to practice what mm -hmm. we think we know. And it's something that is showing in our daily life, it's going to show and it's going to be more and more obvious in this whole transition. Yeah. And, and it happens in all kinds of unexpected ways. We have opportunities to feel what it feels like to be that way, sometimes through, you know, grief, sometimes through circumstance, just like yeah. you said, you know, the bomb, everything else, suddenly everything seems more obvious you know the real what's really important and what really matters and then suddenly we're so present yes. and these things are designed to allow us to have those feelings and it's different for everybody but 
the medicines are beautiful with that too. We get to experience what it's like to feel that way, knowing we can return there, knowing it's possible. There are many who go around for years, many of us with all these barriers and boundaries and things that, that we set mm. because of early traumas, because of protection ideas about it. And little by little, these things are being torn down by one experience or another. And there are opportunities in these really difficult times for us to drop those veils are being lifted all over. Oh, yeah. You know, and we can do that too. And it, it may be yeah. messy and unpredictable, but that is life. And so much beauty can come out of that and has. And we've seen it. We know. Yes. And it, it's truly, you know, I would like to also share that there's, it's also time to honor every single person who's doing the work, every single person who's, who's truly going through their processes on their own or uh, in very, very difficult situations uh, in which they're presented with the, with the least resources, but they're being guided by the divine, by, mm-hmm. by specific medicine spirits, by the land. It's also about honoring the people who are doing what is needed to be done in order to, uh, first of all, allow themselves to be who they are, uh, because it's about time. Second of all, allowing uh, their surrounding to grow uh, so that they, they also thrive with them. And this is something that is essential now. You know, We are celebrating each other and we are mm-hmm. celebrating everything that life is about. So. And these possibilities exist for everybody. Ayahuasca and medicines, they're not meant for everybody. But they are one tool, and there are many other tools, and those tools are available to everybody because they exist within us. Sometimes, again, just like this outer experience of spirituality, there's a God separate from me, doesn't have time, all these limitations that we place. And what I've discovered through the practice that that I'm involved in and through medicines and everything else is that it's all inside of us. They can't plant something in us that's not there to begin with. It's always there. They connect with us. You know, even if you look at it on a scientific level, the DMT, it's like, oh, it's all about the DMT. It's like, no, we have that inside of us. You know, this is part of who we are. We can tap into into it in many different ways. And the tool that's right for each individual, you know, they'll know because they'll connect with it. And if they start to kind of, you know, connect with that part of them that is not the brain dictating everything, that goes deeper, and they allow themselves to feel their way through it, they'll find the right tool. For sure they will. Yes. It's a natural part of us. Very true. And this this is also why there's different ways to access these states without the need to take any plant medicine. And this is, you know, as you're saying, ayahuasca is not for, you know, it's, it's it's a... it's a challenging plant and the process now probably that is required is to bring in some gentleness instead of breaking things and shattering things. The question, Rebecca, is when we go through ceremony, how can we integrate the changes that we are seeing in the visions, in the insights that we're receiving? Otherwise, how are we manifesting uh, those changes uh, if we're not? then what are we doing? 
<laughs> yeah. So this is this is the reason why we're having these discussions because mm. this is. I mean, there's you know you can see this explosion of psychedelics, and I understand it. Again, we all go through. We're we're going through a very mm. interesting time. Let's face it. This is a yeah. fascinating time, right? True. All these things are rising to the surface. All these things that seem to be contradictory are happening all side by side. And there's this explosion of psychedelics. I totally get it. Uh, I think it's wonderful that people are experiencing these states to know it's possible. There are people that are at this stage in their life where they just need to know that they can feel that way. And then the important question, of course, moving forward is how do I how do I maintain that? How do I make changes in my life so that mm. I'm in a better state? And this is why, you know, we're having these discussions. It is very important. And it is, as you say, you know, missing from a lot of people's understanding of ayahuasca. And mm. I understand that because, you know, we've, a lot of us have grown up in with the idea of medicine being a pill you take and get better. Mm -hmm. It's not like that with ayahuasca. No. It is the beginning of a very long path. And, yeah, I mean, again, there are these discussions are important because um, with the explosion of psychedelics, there's a lot of scientific discussions. Is this, you know, element making people experience that? And let's adjust it and we'll get the proper formula and it'll affect the brain in this way and the brain will look better on our, on our screens. And then we'll go, oh, yeah, that place is lighting up in that way. That's a good sign. But the reality is we have to live differently if we want our life to be different. True. And the process of that is going to take some doing and some focus yeah. and intention and commitment and mm -hmm. humility, <laughs> you know, None and conviction. Yeah. Yes. Very, very true. Oh, yes. This holds it. This holds it all. And, you know, if there's anything that, you know, plant medicine you know, other than Aya, other than ayahuasca, it's it's any any kind of plant medicine. Oh, it yeah. does require a process. It does require time to prepare for it. It does require time to approach it in the in the way that can serve the person, serve yeah. their being, not run away from their body. We are yeah. so, um, and I, I I I relate. I'm talking from my experience yeah. that. My, my biggest challenge in life was I didn't want to be in this body. So it was, it was always like, you know, it's too painful to be in a body. It's too much. And so when I started, you know, going to the Amazon and getting more, you know, insights from, from ayahuasca and the tree diet, I, had, I never knew what it felt like to be in a body for 31 years. Yeah. And so it was the process to embody mm -hmm. instead of the process to, 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 to do a, a kind of out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. And the elders, you know, the medicine practitioners, when they talk, I mean, I'm talking about true curanderos and curanderas, yes. not any shaman that is just pouring ayahuasca with all due respect. But we need to discern here. Um, they they are they are they talk about shamanism is not an out of body experience. It's an embodied experience, and we take yeah. the body with us. And so this this makes a whole difference in the perspective. We run away from this body and this mind 
it's like they're enemies. And the whole experience mm-hmm. with plant medicine, if there's anything that we can probably, or I personally can pro- probably pull out of it as, as a guest before my training, was how much I have, I have not been in my body, how much I haven't treated my body in, in a way where this, this organism is serving me 24 hours since I was born. How much I yes. never knew it and practicing mm. sports and mm. all of that. And yeah. I was never fully in it, but I did not know that it was also a process of not being in my own power. So this, yeah, it's mm. definitely, and you know, kudos to everyone who is going through this in these times, because um, it's, it's all about this, this, again, you know, honoring everybody who is, we all when we all go through integration more and more and more we are truly connecting with the reality of what medicine is the reality of what life is Mm -hmm. in fact there's a lot of people who are really coming to terms with that uh that very deep issue of do i really want to be here you know because there was there was a lot of that going on for me and then when I got into energetic work, I mean, I think you'll agree that right now uh, the survival <laughs> reaction yes. is strong. So many mm. people are going through root chakra issues right now, you know, and, mm. and it's manifesting in like serious pains and lower back issues and all this stuff. And and it's it's kind of a natural response system. Our body's telling us that's part of our experience saying, hey, you know, let's let's decide on this. You know, let's let's make a commitment to be here in a good way. And then, you know, we'll work together on it. And again, mm-hmm. I've seen these things show up in so many interesting ways once you go into deep within. And then these things will be revealed to you in very interesting ways. And and then you know, you know you can decide. You know that you can make those changes. And it's amazing. It really is. We are really magical beings. Don't seem that way all the time, but (laughs) we really are. Yeah. This is the bell of the church nearby. Fascinating. And this is a confirmation of that. We are truly magical beings. And then the bell just started. (laughs) That's a perfect way to end. Okay, so Maya, why don't you share some information if you'd like to about how people mm-hmm. can get in touch with you? I'm gonna share my Instagram. So it's Maya dot A B O U T H E D I E. This is my Instagram. I launched my website lately. It's www dot inspirited dot world, uh, and you know people can reach me through there. I'm also putting some more effort on my YouTube channel. It's just going to be a step-by-step process, but it's coming together. Yes. Yes. I'm in a similar state where some things are are more there than others, but you know, it's all that winding path. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad we finally did this. Yes, indeed. And Uh, I'm grateful for you, Rebecca, for, for, hosting me and it's so nice to just chat yes it's been lovely thanks so much take care thanks for joining us for another edition of ayahuasca talks 
please visit RebeccaHayden.com for more ayahuasca integration content and for information about working with me and using hypnosis as an empowering integration tool.